1: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles.
0: All right, so we'll get into the Patriots in a minute. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by betonline.ag fastest, easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. But before we get into Bill Belichick and the Pats, let's get into the Celtics for a minute. They lose NBA finals game six. It's over. Greg, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it was a a little disappointing. I thought, you know, a couple things. I thought that at the end of the day, I thought that the the Warriors sort of showed their championship medal, that they have been through this before. Uh, I think they learned some valuable lessons uh, for their previous three titles. And, you know, I thought they had an advantage there over the Celtics. And I thought at the end of the day, I thought guys like, you know, Wiggins, how Draymond Green looked in the last two games compared to earlier on in the series. Um, you know, whether it was Gary Payton the second, like their their depth as the season as the series went on was more effective than the Celtics. You know, a guy like Grant Williams, you know, game seven hero against the Bucs, all of a sudden like disappeared and basically did nothing in this series. And you can't you can't win a championship and have that happen. So I think at at the end of the day for me and, you know, you're more the Celtics expert, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm hoping this was uh, a little bit too early for the Celtics that they're going to learn. And this is going to spur them on to a title or two here in the next couple of years. But you never really know. You know, sometimes you get those Super Bowl hangovers and uh, it can sort of this. This was your one shot. Hopefully it wasn't the case for the Celtics.
0: Not surprised. Had the Warriors in seven. And when I picked the Warriors, I came back to one word and I kept coming back to that one word uh, all the way before the series, through the series, to the end of the series, which was execution. That's why I picked the Warriors. I thought the Warriors would execute at a higher level, especially in crunch time. and We saw that. We saw the fourth quarters. We saw the closing moments of games. The Celtics had some struggles with that, and even when they were winning a lot since January, they were blowing teams out, and they still showed some inconsistency at the end of games in close games, and you go back to the Miami game seven in Miami when you're up by 13, and you make that thing a nip and tuck, so I thought Golden State would out-execute them, and they did. Uh, you hit a couple of things. The bench was terrible. I mean, they need more pen, uh, bench support ASAP. Yep. They need a veteran presence coming off of that bench. I can take the minutes from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum because Pritchard and Williams and even White gave them nothing in the final four or five games of that series. So that killed them. And really, I just, you know, I, I see a lot of people tweeting stuff about Jason Tatum because it's fun. It's 2022 and the world is burning if you don't win the championship. <laughs> what I will say is you look at Tatum's numbers, you know, and, and what he did, There's no doubt he's a top 10 guy in the league. I think he's looking into the top five by the beginning of next season. He had a tremendous playoff run 46 against Milwaukee in Milwaukee elimination game. Uh, He averaged something like 26, eight and seven against the Miami heat in a seven game series against a good defense. He played more than 900 more minutes than Steph Curry this season. And I, I think at the end of the day, that's almost 21 games. I mean, he played more than 20 games than Steph did this year. And I think what you saw, especially at the end of games, why was he so bad in the fourth quarter? I think he was gassed and you know, there's excuses. There are reasons coming off of the Olympics, playing the minutes he plays. They mm-hmm. ask him to play both ends. He plays mm-hmm. defense, every single possession. He's the top playmaker on the team. He's the number one offensive option on the team. He's playing against Durant, Giannis, and then Jimmy Butler. I mean, a lot was asked of Jason Tatum. And I think he he ran out of gas inevitably And that's on him, and that's on the team. Get off to a better start. You don't have to play as many minutes at the end of the season. You can take care of yourself and your body. Don't start 18 and 21. And hopefully Brad Stevens addresses that by bringing in somebody who can play the wing position and support Brown and Tatum. And so when those guys sit, you have somebody who can actually score the basketball consistently. So those were some of the problems. But I I think the future is bright. They are, it's kind of scary to say, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined are about eight years older than I am. So <laughs> that's, that's a little scary to think about that both guys are 25 and under, they've got the young core that's locked up. So, you know, I, I think they're in a very, very good spot. It's just, they need to to add some, you know, veterans to that bench and a veteran point guard. So the offense, if it's a little out of whack can come out there and kind of, you know, control things a little better. So it'll be an interesting off season because as Steven said yesterday, it's a delicate balance. All right, let's get to uh, the Patriots Patriots. They've made two minor moves, Greg, tell us about him.
1: Yeah, so they last week they added uh wide receiver Lil Jordan Humphrey from uh Saints Fame. He's not so <laughs> little. He's uh he's he's 6-4 um and you know kind of a bigger receiver. They also this week added center Daryl Williams who has been on the Chiefs practice squad. So, you know, a couple of they're very minor moves. Um, you know, nothing earth-shattering, but you know, I thought it was interesting, you know, looking at Humphrey to me uh I think he could fit in a couple of different ways I mean he could be a sort of like a ready replacement as soon as they get rid of Nikhil Harry sort of that sort of body type he's not quite he's not as athletic as Harry uh who is more of a Harry's more of a definite boundary guy Humphrey is more of a middle of the field he's not not the fastest guy in the world but you know, nice body control, and so, you know, he could fit a couple of different places. I, I do think that Humphrey, the thing that would be, be interested for me to see once they get to camp is, you know, they have they don't have any fullbacks, so you know probably Jonu Smith is going to be a little bit of an H-back type of thing. Uh, could could little Jordan Humphrey basically be Jonu's backup at that? And I do think he has that potential. I think he's more of a you know, middle of the field type of thing. A lot of his touchdowns were, you know, from the inside slot. He's more of a big inside slot slash sort of move tight end type of guy. So it'll be interesting to see where he is come camp. And then, um, you know, the center, I think that Darrell Williams is, you you know, you look at the Patriots, they have David Andrews on a contract extension. They have James Ferentz as sort of the break class if all hell breaks loose, he can play center for us, but he's not a real 53-man roster center. And then they have an undrafted right. free agent by the name of Cody Rusi, who is, uh, to me, he's, he's the strongest candidate to be the undrafted free agent that makes the roster. Um, the, the signing of Williams tells me a couple things. David Anders didn't do much in the spring, in the offseason. He didn't do any team drills. Are, are they going to take it slow with him? throughout you know they could they could really take it slow in training camp so they're going to need more centers if that's the case and also I think that Rusi right now is uh, really the only candidate to uh, you know be one of the younger centers on the team so this is a little bit of competition for him uh, to sort of push him in camp so I just think both are depth moves and they'll sort of see where things settle out come camp
0: all right, we're going to look at this roster in totality, which those two moves play into it. Usually we talk about the 53-man. Today we're going to talk about the 56-man. Greg, first question, why are we talking 56 and not 53?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. And we sort of touched on it um, a couple weeks ago when we talked about the 53-man roster. And You know, if, if people remember to a year ago when the Patriots went down to final cutdowns and uh, all of a sudden Brian Hoyer, was released and Nick Folk was released. And everybody's like, what's going on? They don't have Quinn Quinn Nordines, the kicker? They're going to do that? No. And, and, you know, we told you, no, relax. Like, there are things going on. And what ultimately happened was they signed Brian Hoyer and Nick Folk to the practice squad because there were new practice – there were new rules with COVID where you could elevate two players from the practice squad uh, twice – you could elevate them, and then they could go right back to the practice squad. So it was basically a fifty-five man roster for about you know three or four weeks in terms of the elevations, and then right. you you know you sign them to the roster, and that's what happened. Um, now the NFL has expanded those rules to it's now three players, and now you get three elevations from the practice squad, and those guys can have any sort of uh, tenure. You know, it doesn't have to be a young guy; uh, it, it can be veterans. And so, you know, Bill Belichick is going to take advantage of it. He did it last year. So he's going to do it this year to basically, it gives you a 56 man roster for about the first month of the season. uh, If you're elevating guys every week and, you know, maybe they don't. So, uh, you know, so when it comes, it can't just be anybody that you're going to be able to do that with, you know, like with Brian Hoyer and Nick Folk, the Patriots knew that they had guys who would play ball with them, that Belichick could say, look, this is what we're going to do. We'll take care of you. Both guys got contract extensions after the season, you know, just play ball with us guys who don't have a lot of, you know, to me, there's a few criteria for the players that that might be on the roster for number one, they have to have a low dead cap hit. Um, because, you know, why would you cut a guy and sign him and hurt your cap at the same time where the Patriots don't have much cap space, so it's somebody who has a low if you release them you are basically not being charged twice when you re-sign them at the end of the day um a vested veteran who has four plus years of service time who isn't subject to waivers so you know like a nick folk gets released he has his pick of uh of teams because he's been in the league f- uh, four or more years um Anybody with under that, they go through the waivers process. So any team can claim them and take their contract and you don't want that to happen. And then the third criteria for me would be a player who wouldn't be sought after by the rest of the league and would be fine. Hey, I don't want to move. I don't want to move my kids. I'd rather just stay here. I'll play ball with you, Bill. So those are the three criteria that I have.
0: So let's look at some candidates for that, some some possibilities, maybe some names, Greg, that we should keep an eye on, thinking of that extra kind
1: of three-man leeway that they now have. Okay, so let me first eliminate some guys, or at least say, it's. It, to me, it's unlikely that it would be them, even though it would make sense in a lot of ways that it's them. Uh, Henry Anderson on the defensive line, veteran guy, probably not well sought after around the league, but he's guaranteed $1.75 million. So why would you pay him twice, or at least on your cap? Justin Bethel has almost a million dollars in dead cap. Uh, Jelani Tavai, he would clear cap, but I think he would have interest around the league. I think he's a guy who would, uh, you know, he, he would find work elsewhere. So I don't think you want to do that. Byron Cowart doesn't have enough service time. Same with Daniel Ekowale, doesn't have enough service time. And then Matthew Slater is a guy who you know would definitely play ball with the Patriots, but he has a weird sort of contract trigger this year. It's a four-year qualifying player benefit thing where basically his cap space for his contract is half what it normally is already. So that leads me to the prime candidates for me, Cody Davis, a special teams guy You know that Belichick probably values more than anybody else. Uh, he would he would gain you 1.3 million in cap that would be offset by re-signing him. Um uh, Malcolm Butler is a guy who yeah. you would gain some cap depending on how much how his film is in the preseason, he might not have much interest anywhere else. He didn't, you know, when he came available this year, he didn't have much of a market when he was a free agent before signing with the Cardinals. Um if his if his film isn't great, I could see that happening. Ty Montgomery uh, would gain you 1.3 ca- in cap space. Uh, a, again, a guy I don't think had a ton of interest around the league. James White. Nobody knows what they're going to get out of him coming off a hip surgery. He's a guy who probably, like Hoyer, probably doesn't want to go anywhere. Is comfortable just playing out, you know, last year or two of his career. And Joe Cardona, the long snapper. Uh, Is he going to have a lot of interest uh, around the league? You know, I would doubt that. So those are my candidates. My picks, Joe Cardona, because I think that...
0: uh, How dare you, Greg? How dare you (laughs) cut Joe Cardona for the first month of the season?
1: I know. Uh, Joe Cardona would be sort of the Nick Folk in this situation, that he would... uh, you know, look, they have a really good relationship with Belichick. He's comfortable where he is. the Navy, all that Army Navy game next year at Gillette Stadium. uh I don't see Cardona going anywhere, so they could get him to play ball uh Cody Davis, same sort of thing uh he might have some interest around the league, but is he gonna find a better place that values special teams and what he does more than here no. like No. And everybody else would be like, no, you have to play defense. Like Cody Davis doesn't have to play defense. He just plays special teams. You know, what, how would he like better? And my final pick, and this will be controversial, Malcolm Butler. I I think that, you know, not many people had a lot of interest in him. Uh, I think people aren't sold on whether he even wants to play football or how much he loves football anymore after his retirement last year and sort of walking away from the Cardinals. Most people probably thought he was done in terms of a player about two years ago. So I think that Belichick is a guy who could go to Malcolm Butler, uh, you know, maybe after what happened in the Super Bowl. They both feel like they owe themselves something. Um, and I I think that, you know, those guys, you release them, sign them for the to the practice squad. And that gains you three roster spots to keep uh, some more players on the team. Does
0: Jack Jones have anything to do with that decision by Malcolm Butler? Because, you know, there's been some talk. I know Mike Reese wrote over the weekend that Jones is kind of pushing for a starting position out there at outside corner. If Jones does play well, continue to show up here during uh, you know, training camp and preseason. Does that make it easier to make that decision on Malcolm Butler, Greg?
1: Well, I think so. I mean, you know, him and, you know, where Sean Wade is. And, and, you know, when we talk about the 53 man uh, or the 56 man in in a second, we'll dive into that. I mean, but to me, you got, you know, you got Jonathan Jones, Terrence Mitchell, Jalen Mills. Those three guys aren't going anywhere. You drafted Marcus Jones and Jack Jones. Those guys aren't going anywhere. And then, you know, is it do you keep Sean Wade on the roster And try to get Malcolm Butler to the practice squad like Wade is a guy he's in his what second year. He was drafted a year ago by the Ravens. The Patriots traded for him. If you release him, he's getting claimed by somebody. But and that's the whole give and take on how do you figure out the last three spots, uh, you know, on the practice squad. All right, so we've given you some context about why it's
0: a 56-man. Greg has given you his three names, Cardona, Davis, and Butler. We're going to dig into the 56-man roster, but first, Greg's going to tell you about BetOnline.ag.
1: Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find out all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including... The Stanley Cup Finals that are going on right now, Major League Baseball, all the latest fighting news, and even next season's NFL futures. If you're feeling strong about the Patriots this year, get over there and uh, and get your bet in on the Patriots. If you think they're going to be over their eight and a half number bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more head to the website to use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code clns50 to get the bonus and get into the action bet online where the game starts I'd be willing to go over
0: eight and a half, I think. I think they'll get to nine wins, but it's it's a little early for uh, prognostication. But yeah, I feel like that number is uh, is a pretty good number for Patriots fans if you're optimistic. And also, how about them Red Sox? What, six straight series they've won? If they just had a bullpen, Greg, if they just had a better, more consistent bullpen, and, and maybe Houck's going to be that closer maybe. now. But man, you go back and you look at that back end of the bullpen, how many blown saves, how many close mm-hmm. games – it easily be even better right now. It's, it's infuriating. All right, let's get to the Patriots 56. Let's start with the edge and the end position. Um, I don't know if you have too many surprises. Maybe you have one surprise having to do with uh, Anthony Jennings, but, but kind of go through that and what your thoughts are about edge and end.
1: Okay, so on my previous version, I had released um, Henry Anderson um, because I just didn't have enough spots. But now with the 56 man roster, he's one of the guys that um, that I'm going to keep on the roster because, you know, they really don't have a backup to Dietrich Wise on what what he does in terms of, you know, sort of base and opposite uh, Matthew Judon, long guy, can play the run. They don't have many. And Anderson plays the run well. They don't have many guys who do that. So Anderson is on. Anthony Jennings is a guy that we're still trying to figure out, and I think the Patriots are. Like, where does he fit? You know, we've seen him at end. We've seen him at linebacker. Like, they have a lot of linebackers. You know, at the end of the day, I just don't see a spot, uh, you know, on the roster for him. And, you know, and, and even when you move over to tackle, um, You know, I don't think there are a lot of surprises. I mean, I kept Guy, Godchow, Barmore, and Carl Davis. Now, you know, could Carl Davis or Echowale, who I think Echowale, did I see a report that he's going to be suspended for a game or two for for PEDs? So he might be not long for this roster. But I don't think with the way the Patriots are playing, the way they look like they're playing in camp, they're going to have one on base defense. They're going to have one stand-up guy, so that's Judon. Then they're going to have two interior guys to start that's Guy and Godchow. And then they're going to have a, an end like Dietrich Wise, Henry Anderson. They're not going to have a quote-unquote outside linebacker. I think they're going to go with a four-man line like that, probably two or three linebackers um, beyond that. And then, you know, of course, the safeties get into that mix. But I don't think there are any huge surprises up front. Linebacker is a place where it gets complicated. Well,
0: before we get to linebacker, just a couple things on the line. Uh, you know, it really does highlight what we've talked about throughout this offseason, the dependability for Belichick on the second year free agent class and his young guys. I mean, you look at the edge, it's a Judon, second year guy. It's Uche Perkins, who are, you know, still young guys. And it's Anderson, another second year guy. You look at the tackle position, Godchow, second year guy, uh, Barmore, who's going to be, you know, in his second season, young guy. I do want to ask you about Barmore since you just kind of laid out guy, God, Chow, Judon, how much does Barmore play this year? And, you know, how do you see him moving forward being an impact player on that defensive front?
1: Yeah, it's tough for me at this point to say he's going to be an every down guy. I mean, um, I don't really know how he, who he replaces. I mean, you know, could it be, I could see a scenario, Nick, where maybe he's sharing time a little bit more with Lawrence guy, um, to keep guy fresh, you know, he's getting up there in years. He's played a lot of snaps for this team. Um, I think he's a guy that maybe, uh, wore down as the season went on. So maybe if they could find, uh, more of a rotation between guy and Barmore inside, but you know, Barmore going to have to prove that he can two gap and stay in there and defend the run better. I mean, I don't think he was bad. And they didn't ask them to do it a ton, but that's what they're going to need to see. All right, let's jump to the second level. Linebackers, how are we feeling? What are we looking like? So to me, based off what the Patriots have done, I think it's pretty clear that Bentley and McMillan are going to be the starters inside. Um, yep. You know, to me, Cam McGrone and Mac Wilson are sort of the next level. Um, could one of those guys replace one of the guys in front of them? Yeah, it could be. Um, I have a tough time seeing that. I still think McGrone's working his way back from this injury. I don't think he's at full strength. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Mac Wilson, uh, it, it's just a question of uh, his athletic ability is off the charts, and we've talked about him before. I think that uh, you do see him on the practice field sort of thinking his way through things, which is normal in a new scheme. But the, fa- I, I, it, the quicker he gets the scheme – uh, the more impactful he's gonna be, and he, I think he has a chance to be the next sort of starter up there. I would love it if he replaces Juwan Bentley at some point, um, but I don't know, um, if that's gonna happen. And you know, that leaves out Lange and Tavai are two guys that the Patriots love. Um, I would love to find spots for them, but you know, it's tight.
0: It's it's very tight, and when you look at linebacker, really. You know, I think you know what you're getting from Jawan Bentley. There's no doubt about that. I think when you look at Mac Wilson, uh, it's rather obvious that he has a higher ceiling for this particular defense and what they mm-hmm. want to do and how they play than you know Winovich did. So that trade makes a lot of sense. Really, you just need one of McMillan, McGroen, or Wilson to pop. If one of those three guys pop, and you get the, the kind of the steady, if unspectacular play from Jawan Bentley. And you feel pretty good at the second level. You just need one of those three guys to show up and really pop for you. And, and I think the chances are pretty good that at least one of those three guys will, will play well enough to give you something there. And there's always, you know, the Dante Hightower stuff that will continue to float until he decides to retire officially or, you know, sign elsewhere, which I think it's just retire or play for the Patriots one more season. Let's look at the uh, secondary here. Uh, cornerback, we, we already kind of hit. Malcolm Butler goes to the practice squad. You've got Jonathan Jones, Terrence Mitchell, uh, jalen mills they're on the team marcus jones jack jones just traded i mean just drafted so they're obviously on the team and what it comes down to is you picking up sean wade over malcolm butler and you really explained why earlier anything to add to that or we're good to move on
1: no and that releases you know Jawan williams and i don't think there's any shock i mean nick i went back and i do you know that Jawan williams started the playoff game against the bills i didn't oh. uh, i guess i had forgotten that or blocked it out of my memory but yeah that happened <laughs> <laughs> we all wanted to forget it. Uh, yeah. Let's
0: look at safety. I mean, if there's if there's one spot that I feel pretty good about, it's safety. I mean, you, you've got Devin McCourty, you've got Adrian Phillips there, two solid, dependable, you know, consistent veteran guys. Kyle Duggar, I think all of us really expect that third year leap from him. And then you've got the wild card in, in Jabril Peppers, who is you know athletic, coming off of an injury, but. Uh, you know he's he's kind of an interesting guy. Miles Bryant, Joshua Bledsoe, last year's what sixth round pick I think, and then you've got uh, Brendan Schooler, who's a UDFA. All of those guys cut. How you feeling about safety, Greg?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I really. Do not like releasing Miles Bryant. He was a guy I talked yeah. about last year, and I, they did release him, and they signed him to the practice squad, and he eventually made it back on the team. And he was out there against the Bills. You know, once he was the slot corner once Jonathan Jones went down. I think that Marcus Jones sort of replaces Miles Bryant. Uh, Joshua Bledsoe is a kid who you know he he has shown well in in the off season this year, and I'm intrigued, but. I mean, they have four really good linebackers. I mean, do they keep an extra one like a Bledsoe? Anticipating maybe McCordy walks away after the season, you know, it's possible. But I think you're hoping to get a guy like Bledsoe. Who th- there's no film out there on him that you can get him to the practice squad and continue his development. Miles Bryant could even uh, come back to the practice squad. Uh, so, you know, I, great group. Um, I wish I could keep more of them. Yeah, safety is
0: one of the deepest positions on this team. And and you actually feel pretty good about looking at that group. You you feel pretty confident in what they can do. And we've also talked about the idea of Marcus Jones playing that Tyron Matthew kind of role, the honey badger. He's not the honey badger, but kind of a knockoff version for uh, from him, so to speak. You know, so he also can slide back there and do some things. All right, let's jump to offense. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time at quarterback. Uh, we've got Mac obviously, as QB1, Hoyer, and then we've got Bailey Zappi making the team. So Zappi is obviously on as the third guy, which should not surprise anybody given that he was drafted as high as he was given the circumstances. Let's go to running back because running back is a really, really interesting position. We talk about safety being deep. I'd say running back is pretty damn deep as well. In our prior conversations, Greg, you had Damian Harris as one of those guys who could be dealt Mm -hmm. this time around on your 56, you have Harris staying and not being traded.
1: Yeah. He's one of the guys who came back to the roster due to the 56 man roster. And I, I, I still think that trading Damian Harris is in the realm of possibility, very much in the realm of possibility for this team this year. I, it's all going to depend on what they see out of Kevin Harris. Um, do they think he is capable of being Ramondre Stevenson of last year? If they do that, then why wouldn't you entertain, you know, getting something for Damian Harris now who's going to be a free agent? Um, you know, I would love to have Damian Harris here. If he's going to take a below rate, I'm not paying running backs. So if he wants to play, take a below market rate contract, fine. Would love to sign him to an extension. I yeah. don't think that's really going to happen. Uh, so if you think Kevin Harris – is going to be Ramondre Stevenson a year ago, then you then you trade Damian Harris and you go with Stevenson as your lead back, Harris as your backup, and sort of James White, Pierre Strong as your passbacks, and you're good with that. You know, yes, you're cutting JJ Taylor, uh, and I like the kid, but it just he hasn't taken the next step yet. And I'm not, I'm sure he'll be a preseason hero. Uh, he's the type of guy who always shows out. Maybe that generates some interest and you might be able to flip him for a late round pick. Uh, but there's just too many good backs on this team if the rookies show that they're ready to play.
0: Yeah, I mean, you go back a couple of years ago, I was the guy on the pod that was screaming and standing on the table to give Damian Harris the football, give him the football. I love Damian Harris, uh, but then Ramondre Stevenson happened. <laughs> and so, you know, there there's some leeway there. We talk about some depth, there's some depth there. Uh, speaking of depth, Wide receiver. It sounds really weird to say that with the Patriots. I'm not telling you they have a you know crazy, spectacular, unbelievable ceiling here, but you've got actual legitimate NFL receivers, Greg, on this roster. You've got Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Tyquan Thornton. Uh, so those are the guys that I don't think would surprise anybody making this roster. The one that might surprise some people, Trey Nixon. You've got Nixon making the team. You've got Montgomery, Wilkerson and Perry getting cut. I don't think we need to talk about Nikhil Harry. We know he's gone. Um, so why did you make Nixon, uh, the guy to be on this roster in that final spot?
1: Yeah. I just think that, you know, he earned it with what he's done in this off season to this point, you know, we'll see once the pads go on and there's, you know, more competition, you know, does he continue to, show a really good relationship with Mac Jones and, and things like that. Uh, To me, it's, it's between Trey Nixon and and Ty Montgomery, um, uh, in terms of inside sort of can give you some slot snaps, uh, inside, outside versatility, you can run end arounds. So, uh, you know, to me, it's just Nixon's shown me more to this point.
0: Jacoby Myers, any thought about maybe if, if Nixon continues to pop is, is he expendable? Can he get you a pick? We know his contract situation. He just signed his, uh, his tender, but any thought about maybe moving on from Jacoby? If, if you see enough from, from Trey and even Taequann Thornton.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I love Jacoby and he's valuable, but you know, the Patriots need to get more explosive and Jacoby's a, you know, just a strictly a, 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 possession receiver um he's not gonna he's not gonna bust any you know huge plays for you took him forever to get his first career touchdown um you know I would be willing to sort of move on from his cap hit and go with a guy like you know Trey Nixon because you're gonna go with you know you have Parker right now you have Parker Aguilar Aguilar Bourne you know Thornton we'll have to see what kind of snaps he gets I mean I I, you know I don't think he if the offseason is any indication I don't think he's targeted for regular snaps, more of like a shot play type of guy to start as a rookie. Um, But we'll have to see how that goes.
0: All right, tight end. Don't think we need to spend a ton of time here. Kind of self-explanatory. Hunter Henry, Johnu Smith, Devin Asiasi, who sometimes you could forget is on this team because of Henry and Smith. And Dalton, I mean, this is the year. Dalton Keene has to do something. He was banged up again in minicamp. So those are your four tight ends. Again, self-explanatory. Let's jump to the offensive line. Uh, Let's start with tackle because I think one of the more interesting conversations we've had is Isaiah Wynn throughout the last couple of months here. You've got Trent Brown, Justin Haran, and Yadni Kajust being your tackles. You've cut Andrew Stuber and uh, people might notice the name that I did not mention was Isaiah Wynn because Greg, you've had enough. You are ready to ship him out of Foxborough.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm done with Isaiah Wynn. I mean, you know, he, 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 That he thinks that like the offseason is optional for a guy like him. I mean, it's it's a joke. And look, yes, he can not show up, but I can also react and the team can also react and just be like, you know, you got to be kidding me. I mean, you know, I'm not paying that guy ten and a half million dollars for the season guy who you know shows up and when he wants to and thinks he's accomplished. This is two years running of this stuff. And so I'll take whatever I can get to move his salary I'm doing it as soon as possible. And I'm going, yes, I'm going with three tackles. I would like, I haven't seen Stuber yet. So that might change. He, he, he wasn't at any of the offseason stuff. But I, I went with three tackles. Normally you go with four and you go with four or five on the inside. I went with three tackles because I count Michael Wenu as a tackle that, you know, he could be the starting right tackle. You know, say they do trade Isaiah Wynn. You know, you move Isaiah, you move Owenu to right tackle, where he's been at his best, and you find somebody else to play guard.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the rest of the offensive line Andrews, Owenu, Cole Strange, uh, Yasir Durant, uh, Cody Russo, you mentioned you think he's got the best chance to make this roster as a UDFA. Jason Hines is somebody who interests me a lot. Maybe he'll end up being a practice squad guy. He's a late round pick. Maybe you, you slip him out of that. Uh, you said goodbye to Ference. And, you know, you, we've talked about Darrell Williams, you know, and, and maybe Williams will play a role in this whole thing. And and maybe, you know, Andrew starts off slow. Maybe he's not starting the season. You know, overall, looking at this 56 man roster, Greg, what, what I would say is going into training camp. I like the depth in a number of spots. I actually like the depth at the quarterback position, running back, wide receiver, tight end safety. Uh, and then you kind of get into what we talked about trying to figure out the, the trenches, how's the offensive line going to play? How's Matt Patricia going to do there? Some of the play calling stuff and the front seven on the defense. Again, you need one of those linebackers to pop for you and you need Gotchow to show up this year and be what you thought he was going to be. But really, you know, I don't think this roster is as bad as some people might paint it. I'm not as down on this on this team just yet as as maybe some people are, because, you know, if you do get one or two things to work in your favor, you feel pretty good, at least on the field, the coaching stuff. We'll see how that plays out. But I do like some depth in some of these spots, Greg.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do wonder, you know, to tie it back to what we started off with the Celtics, I do wonder, Is there the big question is, is their depth ready to play big moments like against, you know, is it too young because of the draft miscues? Like, are they not ready? Are they not? Do they not have the next level of depth developed enough to compete against the Buffaloes? And even, you know, the Miamis in the division and, you know, the whole AFC North, the Ravens and, and teams like that. Uh, is that uh, they do have some nice pieces. I agree with you, and I do agree with you. To me, I think the season is going to come down to the trenches, both the offensive line and the defensive line. I think there are yep. still huge. I, I like sort of what they've done at linebacker and edge. I like what they, I like their pieces at cornerback and safety, but the trenches, can they hold up against the run? Can they run the ball well enough? Can they protect Mac Jones? To me, I don't know. I think those are the biggest questions about this team.
0: We'll have to double up on the question of the day next time. Just remind you yep. that uh, BSJ, thirty nine ninety nine on the annual plan. Top-notch analysis, all the Boston pro sports. My guy, John Corrales, crushing the Celtics coverage. Connor Ryan doing the uh, Bruins stuff. Of course, legend Sean McAdam doing the baseball stuff with the Red Sox, who are playing much better. Uh, and if you're listening to this podcast, you know, you get a lot of coverage from Greg as well. BSJ, 39 dollars on the annual plan. Also, don't forget our friends at betonline.ag. Fastest, easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. That'll do it for this week. Everybody be good, be safe, be healthy. Until next time, he's Greg. I'm Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattle.